I'm Karen Reed, and this is Rugby Wrap-Up. Quick note, I don't have the luxury of speaking my mind on a lot of different things because I rely on relationships to help pay basic bills like rent. That's my reality. With that, I would urge USA Rugby members and fans to poke their noses into what's going on at USA Rugby. Ask the board questions. Ask the executive offices questions. Ask them about what's next, what's going to be announced in January, and what's the relationship with World Rugby going forward. Next on MLR Weekly, Rugby New York head coach James Semple, NCR champion Brown University head coach Dave Laflamme, and Major League Rugby headlines with Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick. Rugby wrap-up brought to you in part by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pump, and Lean and Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hello again and welcome to this week's MLR Weekly as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in New York City and I am jacked. I am psyched. It's the holiday season and we got a doozy of a show for you. We've got none other than the new head coach of Rugby New York, Mr. James Semple, plus the National Collegiate Rugby Champions, Brown University's head coach, Dave LaFlamme. But before we get to them, we have another stellar installment in rugby morning's coffee break with john fitzpatrick john take it away man it's so good to hear that your voice is back but let's start in new england they have re-signed canadian lock regan o'gorman he comes back the 2023 mlr season uh great retaining of a great player he's a stud next toronto arrows trade alert they sent salary cap considerations in 2023 to san diego for lock Corey thomas San Diego had acquired Thomas in the 2022 MLR dispersal draft. They have since traded him to Toronto. I'll be more impressed when they get a hold of Thomas Corey. Next! Let's stick with San Diego. They have signed U.S. eligible hooker Shiloh Klein. Klein had played in the NPC and for the Crusaders in Super Rugby. Pretty big signing. Great signing, but if you're going to stick with somebody, you should go after the first time you mention them and not skip them and go back. Next! I don't know what you're talking about, but let's go to Old Glory, D.C., and let's do happy trails for Canadian international Luke Campbell. He is officially retired from professional rugby. A warrior, and we're certainly going to miss the guy they called Soup. Next! Last, but certainly not least, the Chicago Hounds. They have officially signed three players after selecting them in the MLR dispersal draft, but centers Marco Keefe, Billy Meeks, and fly half Luke Carty Quite the backline signing so far. Matt, what do you think of that? Nice pickups by James English and co, but Billy Meeks is going to freeze his bald head off. Next! Matt, that's all I got, but I just want to wish you a very happy holidays and a happy new year. And I'm so looking forward to being a part of this in 2023. Thank you again, Matt. Wow, his insincerity is not fooling anyone, ladies and gentlemen, but a happy and a healthy to you, Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Mornings Coffee Break. We'll be back with more right after this. Selling or trading in your vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. With Easy Trades, start online or visit us in store. We want your vehicle, and we'll give you up to 125% of KBB value. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are 
back with Dave Laflamme, head coach of Brown University, the National Collegiate Rugby Champions of D1. And why do we have a, co a college coach on an MLR weekly show? Well, because some of those players are going to be playing in Major League Rugby. With that, coach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Great to be here. Dave, you're on today not just because you're stellar looking and, and intelligent and and coach at Brown, but it's because your team are the National Collegiate Champions, D1. Congratulations. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Really happy to have won that this year. And, you know, before we get the letters and the, the Reddit slams, yes, we know that there is another collegiate rugby championship out there, the CRAA. I would love to see you guys play the – winner of that organization possibly in time yeah i think for us you know matt we're you know we're we're, we're we were happy to sort of compete at this level uh, i think it's our second year in a row that we kind of dipped our toe into the big pond there so we're we're really trying to build something special here and, and you know we i think we're really pleased at what we achieved this year i think we do have aspirations down the line of potentially moving up into that uh spring competition as well but for now we're, we're pretty happy where we're at well, Dave, it wasn't an easy road either. I mean, you got some pretty good teams in this NCR uh, setup, and more and more teams are joining. And perhaps we're getting closer to maybe a merger and 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 one under one umbrella. But in the meantime, it's still quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, I think you know certainly you know if you look at the top teams now performing in sort of under NCR. You know, a lot of those teams are recruiting players not only from America but from overseas. And I know for myself, when I when I do a lot of recruiting, it does become difficult to explain to people why there are two different leagues here in America. So, you know, in my mind, if 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 somehow the meeting of the minds could come together and, and, and merge that, I think it would much be a be a better, cleaner setup for the United States going forward, particularly in the collegiate game. What do you say, sir, to those that say Brown is just full of rich foreigners that know how to play rugby and they just bring them in with no problem. Well, I, you know, if you look at the overall makeup of my team, you know, which is roughly 75 to 80 players, you know, there is a high concentration of, of students that come from overseas, but that number is about 35-ish percent. I haven't really checked it in, in the last few months just to make sure, but, you know, we, I don't discriminate in terms of where I recruit from. You know, I recruit from almost every 50 state in the United States, as well as several countries outside of the United States. And it's just, for me, it's really about trying to identify the right player that's the right fit for Brown. You know, Brown is an exceptionally challenging school to get into with a 5% acceptance rate. You know, and additionally, you know, the tuition is pretty high. I think last I checked, it was about $84,000 a year to attend Brown. So, you know, I, I, I tend to to go after players that play in high-level rugby programs and, and attend very strong academic schools all over the world. You know, I don't think people realize that coaching is probably only 50% of what I do. You know, it's all the other behind-the-scenes stuff and, and from administrative work to recruiting. I mean, today, the, half of my day is spent on recruiting already today. I've been at Brown for 26 years. You know, I came in 97 as an assistant coach to Jay Fluke, the longtime director of the program. And then in, in um, 2015, I was lucky that our alumni did endow a full-time coaching position. You know, there's, I would say there's not a tremendous amount of full-time coaching positions in the United States. But the, the, the big challenge is, is that, you know, we, 
we don't have admission supports as as much as I do get rugby players to apply here, you know, I can advocate for them, but ultimately they need to get in on their own merit, academic merit. And, you know, for a school that turns away, away an entire class of valedictorians a year, you know, it's monumental when you look at what these kids had to achieve to get into Brown University. There's eight Ivy League schools. So if someone's looking at Brown, they're going to be looking at Dartmouth. They're going to be looking at Harvard, Yale, Princeton, all the other Ivies. You know, they're, they're you know, pretty much we all have the same pool of applicants. So you can dilute that pool by eight, you know, because not everyone wants to go to Brown. Brown is very, very unique compared to the other seven Ivies. And that's what we kind of have as a leg over some of the other schools. You know, it's the only school that's classified as an open curriculum, meaning there's no core requirements to graduate. Still have to take classes, but you can kind of pick and choose and create your own discipline based on the subjects that are available to you. And Dave, you know, there are other people that help you with this stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, the the operations of the program kind of fall on my shoulders, but I, I wouldn't be as successful uh, as we were this year but not for the support of the university. I mean, the, the athletic department has been tremendous in sort of helping us achieve what we want to achieve. And that's all really made possible through a lot of generous donations and, and, and additional support. I mean, I have a 14 person board of directors that helps me with lots of my daily tasks and they, they've afforded us the opportunity through their help and their support, both, um, in administrative stuff and financially to achieve what we want to achieve. We were, we're classified as a club sport, you know, but, you know, we, we operate as varsity like as we can, but certainly everything, including my salary has to be uh, raised uh, from independent funds. Well, clearly your salary needs to be doubled for winning the national <laughs> championship. Well, that would be, I mean, that's that just be without, great. Hey Brown, I'm talking to you alumni, <laughs> double his salary. All right, let's get to the match itself. You you played against Queens. Queens is a great, a remarkable story. I think they're only six years as a rugby program, but they're or, or something like that, and they're they're facing off against you in the championship. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, certainly I do my homework on teams before we play them, and the story behind Queens is an amazing one. You know, I think what Frank has done uh, down there, Queens has been remarkable. You know, and, and you can see that with the product they had on the field. You just watch the game. The game was a, a pretty, pretty highly contested game. And I know you want to get to some oh, of those. Oh, <laughs> boy, let's later, get to that but, game. You know, I, I thought it was an enjoyable match to watch as, as, as you know, uh, uh, ridden by yellow cards, as I'm sure you'll go into. But, you know, it was a contested match, which you'd expect out of two top teams playing against each other. You know, it wasn't going to be a cakewalk for anyone. There was 10 yellows and two reds. The second red coming on the last play of the game because it was the second yellow for your number 13, and that automatically turns into a red. I think you guys, what did you guys have, six yellows? My, it was my winger that got the uh, You, you winger. 14. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we had we ended up in the end with six yellows, um, one of them being on um, my winger who got a second yellow, or sorry, I should say two of them being on my winger, and obviously two yellows equal a red in this game. An auspicious end, but it was a lot of penalties, a lot of stops and starts. It's tough because you want to let them play, but at the same time, you're almost in a professorial uh, mode as a referee. You're, you're, you're teaching, in a, in a sense. But this is a championship game. A lot of, lot of stops and starts. It had, was, it, was that frustrating for you as a coach? Refereeing is a tough job. You know, I, I, I can't fault referees. You know, I, I, I think 
they do their best to do, you know, an ad, a, a good job out on the field. And, you know, calls don't always always go your way. Hey, you, you know about refereeing, Matt, because uh, you and I uh, were not only just rugby players together, but I think one time you were a referee and perhaps a TV show. Yes, that's right. The Big C with Oliver Platt and Laura Linney, a Brown grad. Oh, I that's see what right. you did there. You, you, <laughs> you got it right back. Yeah. Your, your front row and your pack, not the biggest, but very effective. Is it because you have the world's, grest, uh, world's best scrum coach for your scrum technique? <laughs> no, I mean. Oh, wait a minute. That's you. You're the scrub coach. Yeah, listen, I know a couple things about playing in the front row, having spent my life there when I played rugby. Um, but, you know, I also have Oliver Julian as my forwards coach who went to Oxford, you know, played for Wasp when they were in London and was a hooker. He was a front row guy. Like, you know, it's, it's great to have two guys, you know, on your coaching staff. That, that know this side of it, you know, and, and additionally, you know, we have to mention the fact that I'm extremely lucky to have a guy by the name of Eddie O'Sullivan, who does a lot of work with the program, you know, you know, while he may not be a front row guy, he certainly knows the ins and outs of, of different strategies to attack in, in both forward play and, and backline play, you know, and, and I think he's, he's been a major contributor to sort of our success. You know, I, I've been, I've been coaching with Eddie probably, you know, 25 years, you know, and it's, it's been, he's been a tremendous mentor of mine. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a combination of all the coaches we have. I mean, I picked up a new coach this year, Ryan Grant, Ryan Grant was the head coach of Holy Cross, Holy Cross, a smaller team that, that had a lot of success. Um, I think the in that Crusaders small colleges. Yeah. Yeah. So like Kevin Ryan swords and, and, and his son, right. I'll be coaching him next month. Cause I'm coming back down to Houston with the all-stars from the Northeast team. So, you know, we've got quite a cast of characters going down for that one. But so, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Zach Lanning of College Rugby Wrap-Up. He went, he's the third most famous Holy Cross rugby player. <laughs> okay. So, but back to your, 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 your question about the scrum, you know, you're right. We're not the biggest guys out on the field, but I think we, we're technically extremely sound in terms of our approach to scrummaging, you know, and, and I think, that's where we've had a lot of success. People underestimate us because we are smaller. You know, I don't think either of my props is over 225 and maybe 230 at the most with, with one of them. But they are, you know, they are very fit. Them. They're very yeah, fit guys. We're, we're fit. They know the game. And, and it's not just the scrummaging that you get from my, my, my forwards. You get a lot of work, you know, on the field. I mean, you know, Dan Archer, my captain, who's from South Africa, I think he had two or three crucial poaches in that game. Yeah. You know, that just saves your bacon, you know, when you get into trouble, like having forwards and or props or hookers or whoever that can put that work rate in. You know, if you, if you look at this season, you know, a lot of people looked at the fact that our back line may not have been the most dynamic back line on attack. They did what they needed to do, particularly on defense. We played 13 games a season. We scored almost 600 points and we've given up 74 points all year. You know, that's a tremendous feat in itself to be yeah. able to go through a 13 game season and give up less than a try a game almost. All right. So Dave, how many times are you going to repeat as champions now that you've gotten this, this thing <laughs> figured out? Well, we got a spring season to try to get through, you know, uh, we had a pretty successful spring season last year in sevens. Um, we expect to do, you know, equally as well. And, and, 
unfortunately last year the uh, the the crc's was on our graduation weekend so we're unable to attend that so we're you know we're trying to to do what we can to, to make it to that that uh that tournament at the end of april um so that's the primary focus you know the secondary focus will be for me once i know what my incoming class is and that's that's the trick to maintaining consistency. It's, it's having depth in your side. And at a school like Brown that doesn't have admission supports, you never know year in and year out. I mean, I have to cast a pretty wide net and get a lot of kids to apply. There's still a lot of kids that don't get in. All right. Before I let you go, um, you mentioned the spring. What do you think about the potential of a, of one calendar across the nation for college rugby and how important is, is that? So I think it would be, a really, really good move if you if the entire collegiate rugby landscape would play 15s in the fall and 7s in the spring. Now, that's my opinion. You know, everyone's got their own opinion, but I think it would make it a lot easier and, and help unify sort of those two competing leagues. Okay. Well, there you have, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Dave LaFlamme, head coach of the National Collegiate Champion Brown University rugby team, demanding that we have one calendar and I'm talking to you, Jack Clark and Tim O'Brien. We're going to get this done. We're going to get yeah. it done. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. So, All right, Dave, I want to thank you, my friend. Much, much appreciated. Always good to talk to you. And best of luck coming ahead. And happy holidays. All right, we'll be right back with the head coach of Rugby New York right after this. Been blind since I was four. And I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste. And my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think's on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. with the new head coach of Rugby New York's Ironworkers, Mr. James Semple. James, welcome to the program. Thanks very much for having me on, mate. Uh, pleasure to be here. We've been waiting for this reveal of you, of you for a long time. It's like it's been this cliffhanger for, for, for Major League Rugby fans, specifically for Rugby New York fans. And finally, finally, here you are in flesh and blood. I, I know it's been um I can stop pinching myself now because it actually feels real that I'm actually here um I've sort of known for a little bit now um and it was just couldn't wait to get over here with visa and things like that but phenomenal to be in this amazing city and sort of spent the weekend with my wife checking out the sites and just feel very grateful that we get to represent such an amazing city um yeah mate, I just can't wait to rip in and have everyone here and your rugby career took you from New Zealand to Scotland, to Romania, back to Scotland. You spent time in Dubai, and then you ended up as a player coach for the Utah Warriors. And you were a head coach of a very successful women's program. Yeah, mate, yeah, just finished up um, with Waikato Women's, which was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Uh, so amazing and uh, definitely taught me a lot as a coach and definitely as a person as well. So extremely grateful for everything 
something um the woman taught me and the experiences i had with them that yeah it can't take for granted it was yeah amazing time all right i i, I can't help but look at you and i know others are going to look at you and say well he, he looks like he can still play i mean you're 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 what 33 yeah in january i'll be 33 so currently 32 let's get to the question that everybody's wondering are you going to be a player coach I've definitely left the boots at home because I'm not doing that again. I'm not good enough. And then we've got plenty, too much talent here. So I'll just be sticking to the whistle uh, for now. Well, you, you, you had that happen to you in Utah where injuries, you were, you went over there as an assistant coach and then you ended up playing 10 to 16 matches, right? I did, Mark. I did. Um, and that was really cool because I got a job back in New Zealand, a coaching job, and I wasn't allowed to play. And so I was only 27 then. And so I was a bit, yeah, probably a bit premature, but I always knew that I wanted to go into coaching that, and that was my goal. Um, so to have that opportunity to uh, finish like a last sort of stint playing was was awesome at Utah. And I love my time there. And I, it definitely helped me in terms of experiences that I can transfer um, now to my coaching. But yeah, I'm definitely, I think to be a head coach and to do the job justice, I'll just be focused on this um, for now. And obviously it's a big job um, after what the boys did last year, winning the title, coming in. And uh, I'm under no illusions um, that, that we are the hunted. And we're, yeah, we're, I'm obviously here to do a job and get the job done again. You know, and you mentioned last year, you you know, you're coming in, you have big shoes to fill literally and figuratively because Marty Veal was the head coach, right? He's a big man, big feet. Tell us about, your coaching staff that's coming in with you and who's staying? Um, yeah, so I'll come in as head coach. And then we've also, well, when I sort of got the job, um, I got some names put in front of me. And um, the one name that that I saw that stood out in bright lights, because um, I know him as a man and obviously as a coach and a player, is, was Ben Afiaki. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to school with him and play with him and seeing what he's done with the Blues. Um, so he's been with the Blues for the last six years as scrum coach. And as soon as I saw his name, um, I was like, I think he's a really good fit um, for us. Uh, com compliments me well. Like I'm pretty high energy, full noise. You don't want two of me going at it. Um, so he's he's a bit more sort of goes about his business, ex-prop, um, very, yeah, in control and, yeah, forward, forward sort of dominance. So I think we'll balance each other well. Um, yeah, so can't wait to be working with him. Because you're a number 10 slash 15, right? Yeah, man. I'm the, yeah, probably a ten, uh, zero X factor. So I was a ten that filled in at fifteen. Um, and he's a, <laughs> and he's a front row. Well, listen, New York is used to that because you had Andy Ellis playing fly half half the time last year. Right. Yeah, and, well, we're glad you brought up Andy. So that was probably with the coaches change. I thought it was really important um, that we had continuity on what the team did really well last year. Um, so keeping Andy, who was a massive part of the team, especially culture-wise, was really important for us. Um, new coaching group coming in, probably don't know the strengths and weaknesses of the team as well um, as someone that's been here. So keeping Andy was crucial for us. So we managed to keep him. And then we prioritised um, getting a really good video analyst um, and Aaron Hodge, who's been with the Black Ferns for the last six years and just won the World Cup with them. Um, and we're really excited about what he's going to bring for us as well. And then, yeah, Keeping uh, so Steve Lawson is still here, and then Ollie Richardson as well, and John Love, the physio. So, yeah, um, I think Rick's done an outstanding job of putting the management squad together, and I think we're going to really complement each other well, challenge each other, and work really well together to, to get what's best for the squad. All right, so now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about 
your your stamp on a team and you this this one i've been I've, this one's been brewing for a while is it a compli- a complicated plan or is it a simple plan <laughs> oh, i see what you've done there <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's pain. Sometimes it's painful on this show. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it before, mate. So don't worry. Yeah. Um. Oh, at the end of the day, mate. I think rugby is a simple game. Um, played by great men. So we'll keep it simple. Uh, we'll have we'll have a lot of fun. Um, and I think once you see us start playing, it'll become pretty evident what we're trying to do here. Um. But yeah, just excited to be representing the best city in the world as, as we believe and I spent the weekend with my wife sort of checking out the sites and oh it's just phenomenal uh, the vibe um, the ambience the noise um, the energy was so unreal and yeah just feel very grateful to be wearing these colours and representing such an amazing city with amazing people so excited to bring a game to New York um, and, for, and for the fans and obviously for the players as well so yeah pumped mate well, it's a lot for you to take on at once because you have to familiarize yourself, most importantly, with the players, right? And you you haven't – have you even met all of them yet? Uh, I haven't met all of them in person, um, but I've talked to all of them. And, yeah, for, for, for me, obviously, that is the most important thing. That's my job is to come here and to make the players better and for them to have a positive experience um, through rugby. So, yeah, that's, that's my sole purpose is – to get the best out of each individual um, to work together as a collective for the team. So that's something I pride myself on and um, something I really am really looking forward to doing. Well, I know that you're busy because you've got all those boxes behind you that you have to unpack, but a couple of more questions for you. If your team's losing at halftime and they're playing like crap, do you go in and take a part of water cooler or are you like a more calm kind of approach in resetting? Uh, oh, for, for me, mate, and I think the thing that separates uh, the best coaches in the world is like your coaching intuition. So understanding what the group needs at a specific time um, according to what's happened. So I think it's very, um, yeah, just dependent on what the game needs and how the boys are feeling, even involving what, what's happened in the week. So, yeah, probably to answer your question, it just depends on the moment. Um but yeah, I guess if we're going to yell and scream, I'll probably use Ben for that because me coming in there won't be too intimidating. I don't think it will get a bit more effect out of Ben. You got a lot going for you. The organization has gotten the new the new venue, the new stadium. It's got great turf. It's 3,900 seats, so you'll get a good crowd. They're serving booze, which is a big plus this year. Not knocking Hoboken, but it was a high school field, so you couldn't serve booze. It's going to be a great fan experience. They've got a nickname, the Iron Workers, so it's all in place now, and it looks like there's going to be some stability, which is great. Um, before I let you go, though, who's your favorite all-time player? Mate, this is probably going to be controversial and surprising, but I was, like, obsessed, like, obsessed. Ask my mom. Don't say it. Let me guess. Oh yeah, who you got Johnny Wilkinson? No, no. Oh, come all on. right, okay, all right. I thought you you said controversial. I was like, well, no. <laughs> I'm a Kiwi. It's going to be an all. I know, I know. Well, that would have been really controversial. But A B E, anybody but England. All right, go ahead. Andrew Mertens. Mertens with the kick. Ah, mm. massive, massive fan. I just loved. I love the way he could control a match. Um, obviously, I understand that Dan Carter is a more complete player, and yeah, Dan Carter will be in my all-time fifteen. But hand on heart, Andrew Murdens was my favourite player, and um, my my best Christmas pre- present I ever got was my 
uh, rugby jersey my mum and dad bought me when I was seven, which was uh, Andrew Murden's one that uh, had number 10 on the back. And yeah, so I remember that to this day. And yeah, obviously a great man as well. Good sense of humour. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And uh, is there a particular coach that you liked or want to kind of style yourself after? Yeah, it's, it's the professor, uh, Wayne Smith, um, who oh, I, I, I owe a lot to Wayne Smith. He's oh, I just got a chance meeting um, with him through the rugby site, and uh, that was oh, nearly three years ago now. And uh, to this day, we still talk, and um, he's one of my mentors, and yeah, he's definitely given a lot to me, probably more reassured and I've run ideas past him he's just confirmed which obviously gives me a lot of confidence and yeah he's, he's an amazing man um and the best coach in my opinion that's that's ever lived and if I can get half as good as he is um I think I'll go a long way to helping this team what's the one thing that you want to do in New York that you haven't done yet I think go to a Broadway show okay. um of I've heard Book of Mormon's good, and obviously with the time I spent in Utah, I think that will be interesting to see um, what they do com- comedy-wise good choice. that. Good choice. All right, Coach Semple, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time out. Look forward to, to catching up in person and seeing you this year and hope the team does well. Appreciate your time, mate. Thank you very much. All right, on that note, we are out of time. I want to thank Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, Mr. Dave Laflamme, the head coach of the champion National Collegiate Rugby Champion, Brown University Rugby Team, and of course, the new head coach of Rugby New York, Mr. James Semple, and thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, and please hit that subscribe button on YouTube, join our weekly newsletter, and please, please, please sign up for our American Red Cross Blood Donor Team.